The Raiders beat the Broncos for the second time this season. That's right. The Raiders won. Let's talk about it. Welcome to What Happens in Vegas. I am your host, Neil Maligno. I appreciate you guys for joining me as always. This week, we're coming at you with a positive post-game episode, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited. Now, listen, something I want to really talk about here before we start talking about the games themselves, some of the quotes, some of the stats, some of the stuff that happened afterwards, is that right now, it's been a rough season for the Raiders, right? Like lots of ups and downs. It feels like a lot more downs and ups. New coach, a lot of new players. And what you notice is that when the Raiders are playing bad, right? When the Raiders are losing games, when they're losing games, you expect them to win, where they're the favorites, all this kind of stuff. We went into this season with a lot of hope, a lot of expectation. And you notice that it's easy when you got people who are down, right? Like when Raider fans are down, it's easy for you to try to sell them negativity, to try to ride the negative wave, get those people emotional, get them angry and get them, you know, clicking on your stuff, watching your stuff, liking your stuff because they're emotional. So they're they're down, they're angry because the Raiders aren't playing well. And then you start hyping it up, right? So you've noticed this season, you've heard a lot of fire Josh McDaniels talk, trade or cut uh, Derek Carr. Uh, Devontae Adams is mad. He's going to want to leave. Nobody's happy. This and that. Uh, sell the team, Mark Davis. You see all that, right? Whenever they lose, that stuff is being sold and pushed in your face constantly. When the Raiders win, those people who say those things, who tweet those things, who, who go live and, and have videos about those things, who are sharing it on their TikToks, whatever the case may be, those people disappear. Those people no longer are force-feeding you the negative energy, the negative conversations. They're not feeding you the negative content because they have no emotion for you uh, to, for them to feed, right? They don't have the, 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 the negative comments, the negative stats, the negative uh, proof of a loss that, hey, this guy sucks, this guy sucks. So those people tend to fall back when the Raiders win. So I just like to say that and highlight that because those people are just feeding you the negative stuff. And then I get people who come at me like, hey, Neil, why are you being positive about the Raiders when they lose? Why are you finding the silver linings? Why are you looking ahead to what could actually work out for this team? What could possibly be going on besides just feeding into emotion? And just and, and, and this is why, because things like this are happening. Like the Raiders get a big win. It looks really good. I know it's against a team who's not great. I know it's the second time we beat that particular team out of three wins twice with that one team. But I can still find positives. I can still find things for this team to grow and build off of. So why harp on the negatives? Why harp on the things that they're just they're just easy? They're just like low low hanging fruit to grab at. And there's no real resolution when you do those things. And they, and when you when you step back and you look at those negative comments, like fire Josh McDaniels, like a, a, he, he's not even halfway through his first season as a head coach. It's just not realistic. The owner's not going to do it. It doesn't just logically make sense from outside looking in from how other people view your organization how uh, future coaches or players will look at your team. Like none of it makes sense, but it's easy for those guys to like grab at that emotion of you and just kind of drag you down and like start this rebellion type thing. But I'm never going to do that here. So like I will be critical of the team. I will harp and, and talk about the negative stuff that happens, but I'm always going to find something positive to hang on. Cause at the end of the day, I'm a Raider fan. So like, regardless of whether they lose or win, I'm here every week to watch them. Like that doesn't stop it, right? I don't sit here watching them mad. I don't sit here watching guys to lose their jobs or to get fired or to get traded. I don't. I, I just don't do that. I will say when players play bad, 
I will hold people accountable because I'm huge on holding people accountable and holding people, you know, responsible for uh, what they've done wrong. But at the same time, things require patience. Things don't just happen overnight and everything doesn't get built the same way. Some teams will find success early, even with new coaches or even with new quarterbacks. Other teams won't find success early. I, I don't think that's the, I don't think it's the end all be all when something starts off negative or when something doesn't look perfect. Uh, that's just the way life is. Life isn't perfect. Think about it in your own life, in your own family, in your own job, in your own relationships. Nothing's perfect all the time. Not Things don't always start off perfect for them to end perfect or for them to end better You know how, how you wanted them to. They don't always start that way. So when it comes to the Raiders, you're not going to come here and just see me blasting the Raiders. It's never what I'm going to do. There's guys out there who will feed you that crap all day long if that's what you want. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. So if you want critical, true feedback on the team, talking about the narratives, talking about the stats, talking about the games, then this is a great place for you. If you're looking just for the negative stuff, I guess those guys who you would consume that content at are pretty quiet right now, or they'll flip the whole switch. They won't talk about firing Josh McDaniels today. They won't talk about, you know, getting rid of Derek Carr. But what happened? I thought that was the, I thought that was the narrative you were holding on to. What's going on after one game? That's not what you're feeling like anymore. So that's why I don't feed into that kind of stuff. You're always going to see that I, Neil is the same. Neil always is going to be critical, hold guys accountable, hold guys responsible for what they did, positive or negative. He's always going to find some kind of silver lining, something positive, something you know, in good spirit, uh, glass half full type of energy. Because that's what I come with. I just look at things with a, you know, that kind of patience, that kind of respect, that kind of appreciation, and that kind of hope. Uh, so you're always going to get that here. All right. Now that I got that out the way, because I just, I just, I had to you know, get at those people who I feel like are feeding on people's fears and on people's hate and on people's negativity. I just hate that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I guess, you know, I'm anti whatever they are at the end of the day. So let's talk about the Raiders, uh, the game today. Well, I'm recording this the day of the game that just happened, but when, when, whenever you watch it, it is what it is. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Raiders Broncos game. Let's go ahead and bring up the AFC West standings. The Chargers lost today. So they're five and five. Chiefs are eight and two. They're running away with the division. Uh, many could have predicted this possibly even before the Raiders and Chargers haven't started off as well as people thought they would. The, the the Chiefs are the top of the division. Most would have called that. Although some people did think the Chargers would be at the top of the uh, division. Just depends on who you asked. However, Broncos at the bottom, obviously, same record as the Raiders, but we've beat them twice now. So they're just going to be below us. Of course, like I said, Chargers five and five. If you look at this, if the if the Chargers lose a couple more games and the Raiders win a couple more, we can actually be in second or tied for second in the division. As funny as it is, it means nothing because the Chiefs are running away with it. And uh, even if you're second in the AFC West, you're probably not going to be in the playoffs unless you're the Chargers, unless they just start you know going on a run here. It's going to be hard for the Raiders to ever be in any kind of you're not you're not going to talk about them for playoffs and stuff like that. It, but but you're still, you want these wins, you want these great games, you want something to build off of. This is where again. Someone would say, hey, the Raiders aren't going to the Super Bowl. The Raiders aren't going to the playoffs. It's all a waste. It sucks. Fire the coach. Trade Derek. I don't agree with you. I think there's plenty of time left to still put a positive spin on the season, uh, get a, a foundation to build off of, get people more buying into the whole Josh McDaniels as the head coach thing, because it seems like the narrative we were hearing, a lot of the news we were hearing, the whispers and things that are kind of leaking out of the locker room is that some of the players aren't buying into this. And that's kind of what it sounds like Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, these guys were kind of alluding to without calling out names or without saying it specifically. 
it seems like some guys are pushing back on the Josh McDaniels Patriots type, you know, Patriots type of way uh, to do things. So that's what it feels like is happening here. Some of the players don't trust the process. Uh, they're just not having fun with it, whatever the case may be. So building off of this and, and finishing the season on a high note, even if there's no playoffs involved, it's still a good thing for this team. And although it's not what we wanted and it's not what we expected, it's now our reset goal for the season. So I'm going to always, you know, big this kind of stuff up. I'm always going to say, I want to end the season on the high note. I'm not chasing a draft pick. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. The draft picks are going to fall where they are. It is what it is. The Raiders will pick hopefully good players, hopefully not do what they've done in the past recently with, with some of the draft picks, uh, especially the early ones. Let's hope this staff has a better handle on all that kind of stuff. Again, we can't control it. So I'm not going to sit here and whine and cry about it and whatnot. So this is the AFC West stand-ins. It's a complete disappointment. It's not where we wanted to be. A win is a win, though. So I'll take that every day of the week. Looking at the game in particular, the game itself, 22-16, Raiders win in overtime, another one of these overtime wins or win by one score or less type of situations that the Raiders have mostly been on the bad end of this season. Last season, they were better at it. They made it to the playoffs off of it, but this season, they've dropped a lot of those games. This was one they came out on top, which is beautiful to see. Derek Carr, 307 yards, two touchdowns. This is a lot better uh, stats for him yardage-wise. Uh, some of that, obviously, was because of the overtime plays that took place. Um, but kind of standard for Derek at this point. No interceptions, which is, again, a thing I'm always going to highlight. Every game, whether we win or lose, Derek Carr not throwing interceptions, not throwing the ball away is a good thing. Definitely has some passes you wish he could get back. Some that could have been picked off. Uh, but overall, decent game from Derek Carr. And just from a leadership standpoint, great game. The way he bounced back, the way he came back in overtime. He made the plays that mattered when they mattered. Again, we can point and, and, and pick away things here that certain players didn't do well, where Derek Carr made some bad passes, Devontae Adams dropped some balls, whatever the case may be. We can point those out, but for, for this game's sake, pretty good stat numbers. Uh, if you're playing fantasy, you love that he didn't throw any interceptions. Uh, but definitely, there's room for improvement here. This is not perfection or by any means. Definitely... Still want to see Derek Carr and his offense get on a better page. I understand there's no Darren Waller. There's no Hunter Renfro. There's a lot of players missing in this offense. Uh, Colton Miller was out of the game. A lot of these things matter. And, of course, with Derek, if the offensive line isn't protecting him good enough or he's feeling that pressure constantly all game, it's going to affect his throws. And maybe you can blame some of that on why the throws are off sometimes. However, I'm not going to blame all of it on that. This offense is still, you still feel it's not, perfect they're not perfectly comfortable with it still uh, and, it, and it shows with Derek Carr's play Josh Jacobs 109 yards just crazy that Jacobs carried the ball 24 times which that it felt like in the game but 109 yards four and a half uh, average that's kind of you know when you're watching the game it didn't feel like he was getting a lot of yards many times this defense is good the Broncos defense is really good but what I loved about it because the defense kept the game close enough the entire game you could keep running Josh Jacobs. You kept this defense honest. You kept them with the idea that, hey, Josh Jacobs could run the ball at any time. We know he's a threat. And because the Raiders were still feeding him the ball, it kept that threat alive. It kept it alive. And Josh Jacobs just plugged away. Man is running like just a beast out there. They even inactive uh, had uh, Zamir White inactive this week, uh, which we haven't seen all, all, all year so far. So Josh Jacobs is just a monster a key to this offense being what it is. 
it's a we'll, we'll talk more about some stats here later for him but just in general like just continuing on the phenomenal season that he's had this was his russian stats for the game we move to receiving Devonte adams leads the group obviously a seven receptions 141 yards tw- over 20 average 20 yard average two touchdowns crushed it made two big time touchdowns was cooking patrick certain jr out there it was beautiful it was beautiful. Again, we're talking about the Broncos defense. We cannot understate that. I know the Raiders won last time. I know that it's the Broncos, Neil. They're three and seven now. However, the defense is still legit as hell. It's still super legit. It is what it is. This team doesn't give up a lot of points. They did today. Well, not a lot, but still, the I think they haven't given up over 20 points only twice this season, and both were against the Raiders. If I, if I remember that stat right, I forget who showed that uh, today. If I find it, I'll give credit to it. But you guys, it's one of the guys who dropped stats all day on, for the Raiders on Twitter, but crazy numbers from Devontae Adams. He talked a lot of after the game. He was talking about Patrick Jertain. He's just not, he, he he's just too young or he, he's still got growing to do whatever it was. He was talking, you know, talking some talk, which is great to see. I love this again, even at three and seven, you could tell how happy this team was. Mac Hollins had a decent game, six receptions, 52 yards, Josh Jacobs, three receptions, 51 yards, a huge catch. Uh, towards the end of the game there to drive. He ran all the way down the sideline, almost scored a touchdown. This was great. That was a great route. It was a great catch by Josh Jacobs. This is something that people, especially if you're like into fantasy football, people have been calling for this forever for Josh Jacobs to get receptions. And he's just getting more and more in this offense. Again, not many other running backs are getting involved. Uh, Abdullah gets involved a little bit here lately. Samir White, like we said, scratched from the game. But Josh Jacobs is getting involved at, at, all, at all, you know, outlooks, all... All, all positions, basically. He's getting opportunities everywhere, all over the field. And it's crazy. Again, reminder that his fifth option, fifth-year option was not picked up. Still crazy when you think about that. Still, uh, th- those are one of those calls where it's like, does his front office know what they're doing? I'm not sure. <laughs> it didn't give you an early vote of confidence. You have to assume this guy gets re-signed. If he doesn't come back, it's kind of crazy. I think it would affect this offense a lot. I know people don't put a lot of faith in the running backs. They think they're a dime a dozen. You can replace them in and out. New young guys coming in all the time. I, I hear you. I hear you. But I just think that Josh Jacobs is a little more special than people want to let on, especially because the Raiders have struggled. So it's kind of like, eh, is he that special? They haven't won a lot of games. I, I hear you, but I think he is way more special than people think. I think he needs to resign. The Raiders need to resign him. He should want to come back, I believe. So this is a perfect situation for the team and Jacobs and, and throw him a two, three, you know, three-year deal and see how it plays out. And still, you can work young guys in and new guys in, but Josh Jacobs is the man. This just is what it is. He he's carried this team pretty much all season. Him, Devontae Adams, this offense wouldn't be would be non-existent without those two. Foster Moreau had the one big catch. Uh, it was huge. Uh, again, another guy who fills in for Waller when needed. He could be quiet all game, just blocking and and not really get a ton of receptions, and then come up pretty huge. Last week, we know he missed that opportunity in the, in the red zone to score a touchdown. But here here we are. I mean, he had one huge catch, and it mattered a lot. So it was good that. You get these players who, even if they don't they don't blow up stat wise for the game, they make clutch plays in important moments, and, and and that's big again just for the team's confidence, the offense overall, and how this team moves forward. Keenan Cole also had a big catch. You hate seeing him out there because you feel like you should have Hunter Renfro out there. You know, guys like Darren Waller should be out there. When we see these names, we think about the guys who they're kind of replacing. But it is what it is. They're coming up big in moments. You do obviously believe that if you had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller in there, these guys would produce more than these two and maybe your offense would be better than this obviously and you would win more games and all these kind of things so it's a little frustrating just to see their names here but they did come up 
you know, when it mattered most. And Amir Abdullah had a few catches out there, Brandon Bolden, Jacob Johnson. So some of you see the running backs here at the bottom. Uh, getting a couple of catches. Amir Abdullah again worked in more and more, but did nothing with it pretty much. Move over to the defense. The man, Max Crosby, man of the hour, single-handedly. Like I talk about Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams single-handedly kind of carrying the offense. Max Crosby is that for the defense. Just, just unbelievable. If you watch the game, it's unbelievable. The stats do not even do it justice. If we're if we're being honest, I know it says two sacks. He blocked a field goal. He was all over the place making tackles in the run game. Just his his energy, his his pressure. It's a lot for a def- an offense to handle. And Max Crosby, the stats don't even do it justice. So five tackles, one assist, two sacks, blocked field goal. It all sounds amazing. But I promise you, if you watch the game, it's a totally different vibe. He's even more dominant than the stats say. Um, Perriman was flying all over the place, hit uh, Russell Wilson a few times today. So it was good to see that as well. Bilal Nichols made some good tackles. Uh, Teamer was in there doing pretty good. Jayon Brown. Uh, yeah, I mean, Duran Harmon got hurt, but I did see him in the video uh, after the game in the locker room when Josh McDaniels was talking to the team and he he was in there and he was getting pretty hyped up. He wasn't, he didn't look too beat up or too injured. So hopefully, I know he got carted off, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. Tyler Hall got a sack. That was, that was cool. Uh, Sam Webb. I don't know if it's just a bad game. I don't know if he's just struggled against Cortland Sutton. I don't know what the case was, but Sam Webb was toast in this game. He was terrible, missing tackles, uh, guys catching the ball all over the place around him. It, it was just bad. Sidney Jones was a healthy scratch, I believe, in this game. I don't know why. I think Sidney Jones is definitely better in Webb's position than Webb is right now. I would love to see next week when the Raiders play the Seahawks, Sidney Webb in the game in Sam Webb's place. I don't know if it's going to happen. The team seems to like him a lot, but I would like to see Sidney Jones playing Webb's position on the outside there. Against his former team, he just got released recently by the Seahawks. Although there was no hard feelings, the narrative isn't there like, oh, he hates these guys or anything. But I would like to see him in there. I do buy into narratives and just think that he would like that. He would have a big game potentially. Guys, you know, rise to the occasion. They rise for certain uh, matchups. And I think it would be nice to see Sidney Jones in that game over Sam Webb. I just think we've seen enough of Webb this game to believe that, you know, let's let's kind of pump the brakes on him <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, again, the rest of these, oh, Cleveland Farrell. I do want to just mention him really quick before we move off of this. Great game, really hustling out there, really getting it together. We have a quote from him later that I do want to share also. But again, just happy to see the guy doing well. He didn't get cut. A lot of people thought he would get cut, especially after Abram got cut. But Cleveland Farrell still hanging in here, making, making an impact. And again, maybe he's starting to get comfortable in this defense. Maybe he's seeing, hey, guys are not stepping up necessarily. This defense needs people to step up, and maybe he's getting motivated by it. Who knows? Who knows if this is Cleveland Farrell finding something in this defense that fits him well and really turn on the gas? We don't know. If he can keep this pace up, though, it's good. He was definitely putting some pressures out there. He was amped. He was excited. It was just good to see. Again, some guys I like to see for the energy standpoint of everything because they just bring life to the defense. They hype people up. They make the team feel good. They make players play better. Chandler Jones, this guy is driving me crazy. I understand a lot of people are saying, hey, I know he's not getting a lot of sacks, but he's getting pressures and he's doing these things. And I hear you, but it was way too hyped up for this. The contract was massive. He had over 10 sacks last season still. So it's like you, I call him washed. I say that he's like just not what people thought he was, what the team thought he was going into it. Maybe he will turn the tide at some point. It just has looked not good enough. If you can get someone on the opposite side of Max who's really bringing the heat and, and getting to the quarterback and finishing those sacks, 
it would be much better. Chandler Jones, again, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why he's not finishing and making sacks. I don't know what's the holdup. I don't know if he's just lost a step. He seems to be flying around out there when he's playing, and, and, and he does make some plays. However, again, just the sacks are not happening, and it is very frustrating, especially because of the way he was hyped up. You know, when he was signed, it was like this big deal. Traded away, Ngakwe, you give him this fat, fat contract. It's just right now the results there suck. Uh, so it is frustrating. But again, overall, Raiders win 22-16 in overtime. Very, very exciting win for the Raiders. And again, something to build off of. It's not, it doesn't change the season's results right now. It's still, we're still in a really bad place, but the energy around the team feels different. If you see how excited the Raiders were when they won that game, you could tell this really mattered. And you could say it was an overreaction, but when you watch the players uh videos right you know right after the game from the field or when you see how excited they were when Devontae Adams caught that ball or when you watch the locker room videos with Josh McDaniels talking to the players this team was super excited about this win so I feel like it was really important to them it looked like a playoff win or like some championship win the way they were reacting to it so this team is still bought in whether you want to believe it or not or agree with it or not these players are still bought in McDaniel still has control of this locker room, or otherwise the Raiders wouldn't have bounced back in this game and won in overtime. I believe they would have fell to the Broncos if, if they were totally out. Uh, Fox Sports here from Derek Carr. It's plays like that. It's plays like that that him and I dreamed about in college. To get to have a moment like that, we'll remember it forever. Just wanted to highlight this really quick, how, again, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams had this special connection. This is another reason why when people talk about you know, cut Derek Carr at the end of the year, trade him, draft a young quarterback uh, to take his place. If you do that, you're saying Devontae Adams is done here too because Devontae Adams is here partly because of Derek Carr. So if you're going to get rid of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams might as well just go as well. So if you're comfortable with losing both those players, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm still a supporter of Derek Carr. I love what he's brought to this team, his his passion, his energy, his loyalty, and the fact that he's able to bring a guy like Devontae Adams, who to me is one of the best, you know, wide receivers in football. I'm not going to want to see those two guys go. I think that there's still something here left for them two to build and to finish. So while I do want the team to draft a young quarterback and have this, you know, talented young player waiting in the wings, I'm not eager to lose these two guys, uh, but happy for them to see them have this kind of moment. It was good. It was beautiful. They were really excited. They both talked about post game, you know, uh, Derek Carr running to the wrong tunnel and all this kind of stuff. They really seemed to enjoy it. And it was great. We all enjoyed it. It was awesome. Uh, Raiders PR Twitter Jacobs now owns 13 career 100 yard performances tying Darren McFadden for the fourth most games in franchise history. His 13 games with 100 plus yards are also tied for fifth most in the NFL, not just the Raiders in the NFL since 2019. This is again just highlighting the incredible season and career in general that Josh Jacobs has had so far. It's undeniable, right? Like it's in the stats, it's in the results, it's in the wins. You see it. It's not just a stat thing. You see it in the game. It matters. It's it's something that you can, you know, place value on. So again, why they didn't pick up the fifth year option, what their game plan is there exactly, I have no clue. It's clearly motivated Josh Jacobs to continue to ball out uh, and put this team on his back. So I don't think it's affected him in a way that he doesn't, you know, still love this team, still want to be here, still want to earn a new contract. And that's exactly what's happening. Maybe that's what they thought you know, when they took the contract away from him, that he would earn it and it's happening. So again, congratulations to, De to Josh Jacobs. I just want to really salute him for what he's done so far. Show the love, the appreciation that guy deserves a lot of credit. And he's just, to me, he's still underrated. He's still underrated. Even 
not just to fans across the NFL, but to Raider fans. I just feel like he doesn't still get the proper due that he deserves. I still feel like people don't give him his proper respect, but here we are giving you your respect, Josh Jacobs. Thank you, man, for crushing it as a Raider. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Next-gen stats. Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams. 11.9 yards of separation on the game-winning touchdown is the most separation on any overtime touchdown since next-gen began tracking in 2016. If you watch the games, you've seen the highlights. Devontae Adams was wide open. It didn't even make sense. Again, against an elite defense, against Patrick Sertain Jr., that's how good Devontae Adams is. He's just that good. He's just that good. And it's funny because they asked Derek Carr what he thought when he seen Devontae Adams. Hope he's like, please don't overthrow it. Please don't let there be a penalty once he scored the touchdown. You, he has that PTSD, you know, from, from overthrowing or from penalties called on big plays. But he, he got it done. And Devontae Adams caught that ball and did what he had to do with it. But if you watch Devontae Adams leading up into that play through the route, cooked him. Cooked him. It was beautiful. It really was beautiful. It's, this is what you traded for Devontae Adams for. This is what you gave up the picks for, for this kind of play, for this kind of ability. Because any other wide receiver on the team, especially with Darren Waller out, Hunter Renfro out, and all this stuff happening, nobody would have made this play. This was Devontae Adams selling it all game long. And it's beautiful when you hear him talk about how he does these route, how, how he's route running, all this kind of stuff, how he kind of is playing chess with these cornerbacks. It's really fun to hear him talk about it and uh, exciting to see it come to fruition like this. So again, another guy, shout out to Devontae Adams uh, for the, for these big catches, for these huge touchdowns, and for, and for out here cooking some of the best cornerbacks in the game on a weekly basis. The last one I have here is Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. He said, I thought Cleveland Furrow was pretty insightful about the defensive woes and what went into the sign, uh, into this sign of progress after the game. Here's what Cleveland Furrow said. At this point in the season, it's not about X's and O's. It's not about the scheme. It's all about the players. Whatever the players put on themselves, that's what the outcome is going to be. I feel like we just took advantage of it. We wanted to see more energy on the sideline. We wanted to see guys selling out regardless of what it is. Not thinking about, did I do my job right? Just going out there and trying to make a play. I feel like that's what it really was. Again, this kind of leads into, and I wanted to share just probably for the same reason Sean you know, shared this with us, is this team is overthinking. Just flat out, I said this, I think it was last week maybe, the, the, the Raiders are overthinking. The coaches are overthinking. They're overcalling these games. They're making too many adjustments at halftime when they're winning the game. They, they go away from things. They think they have to be this mastermind uh, to change the whole offensive play calling up or defensive play calling up this game. They kind of just stuck to the, to their, to their guns and stuck to their plays, kept it the same. And it played out that way. It played out, you know, how you would want to see it. The defense was great in this game uh, for the most part, you know, other than, other than some, you know, pretty particular plays, they did pretty good. Again, they kept the, the, the score low enough where the Raiders were able to keep fighting back, keep running the ball, when, they, when, the, when, the, when the defense gets a 20 points and they don't keep the game close, this is when Jacobs loses carries. He doesn't get to run the ball. Joshua Daniel starts panicking, trying to pull out all these, you know, stops and changes to the play call and this and that. The Raiders are just uncomfortable in that sense. And again, the players are, are overthinking it as well. They're, they're taking the fun out of it. They're taking the, they're, they're making it way too serious. They're, they're doing too much. And so I think it's really interesting that Farrell said this as far as, you know, it's not about X's and O's. It's not about scheme. He's basically saying it's not necessarily about the coaches and what they're telling us. It's about us. It's about the dog in us, the passion in us, the fun in the game. And Demonte Adams said it in the post game as well. Like guys just had fun. And that's an important part of this. And so 
So that was an important quote to share. So basically wrapping this up, guys, let's wrap this episode up. Raiders beat the Broncos. It feels good. It feels exciting. We want more of this feeling. We want to feel this Raiders wins more. We thought we would have way more of them this year than we did so far. It didn't work out that way. Again, as you see, there's no negative content for you to feed off of today. Certain outlets are quiet. Certain certain people are quiet. And that's just the way it is because they're feeding off the fear. They're feeding off the negative energy. They're feeding off the hate. And when you don't give them that, when you actually play well, it's just a little harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we're all rooting for the same thing. We all want the Raiders to be great. We all want the Raiders to win Super Bowls. Right now, I believe with this head coach, this general manager, this quarterback, this wide receiver, running back, the defense, there's things to fix. There's things to fix. The offensive line needs help, although it did all right today, even without Colton Miller, you know, um, all pro left tackle. But there, there's still things to fix. The secondary has lots of problems. I hate right now how the secondary looks, to be honest with you. That's why I want to see Sidney Jones out there more and see what he can bring to it a little. It's just, I don't know, man. Like certain guys right now, it's just weak in the secondary and there's got to be ways to improve it in the off season, whether it's through the draft or free agents, it has to be upgraded. Linebackers been hit or miss some of the, the line just again, Max Crosby's crushing it, but the other side hasn't been so great. There's lots of things to, to work on here. And then obviously getting guys healthy is a, is a big deal. So there's, there's plenty to fix. Coaches got to get better. Things got to get better all across the board. By no means is this a Super Bowl team, clearly not even a playoff team at the moment. But at the end of the day, there is po- positive things to hang our hats on. There is positive games here with, you know, winning games. And, and you got to enjoy those moments. Life is hard. Life is hard. Jobs are hard. Relationships are hard. Kids are hard. E- everything's hard. Everything's hard to deal with. There's always going to be ups, downs. It is what it is. Sometimes there's a lot of downs and there's some ups. And you kind of, life is a roller coaster. And so football is the same way. Sports are the same way. Your favorite team, the Raiders, is the same way. Just when they get down, you don't got to kick them in the head pick them up sometimes pick them up try to find some of the positive hey man you lost this time but what we could do this to we look what we learned this time look who we need to replace look what we're finding our weaknesses coaches are learning players are learning to deal with the new coach who's way different than the past coaches maybe things are a little less fun maybe the players have to find a way to change that but again look at the post game video mcdaniels and the team seem pretty you know in the same groove to me it seemed pretty positive they seem pretty they seem like they were really listening and buying in and, and laughing and enjoying it. So I think we're overselling the whole there's an issue in the locker room thing, but I think there are certain players who are just struggling with this new system. And so hopefully a win like this, after the down, right? After you had these negative, you know, games in a row losing, players not performing well, big upsets, you're losing to the Colts and new head coach, never coaching in his life, new, new play caller, never played call plays in his life. You have these terrible hits, right? And look how the team rebounded. That says a lot. So it kind of hurts your narrative about the locker room being split or the head coaches lost control. This is just like last year when the Henry Ruggs things happened and John Gruden's thing happened. The team hit this lull, right? These negative things, but then they bounce back. And it's important that we're seeing that here again this year. Again, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. It'll be a big indicator on how things are to come. But again, I'm feeling pretty good about it overall. And I, I look forward to it, but I want to enjoy this win. Again, Raider fans, it's Raider Nation, baby. We bleed silver and black no matter win or lose, no matter whether someone has a bad game, good game, coaching good, bad coaching. It's, it's still the Raider Nation. We still got to support and show love for our team every single Sunday. I'm always going to be excited about Raider football, no matter what our record is. It is what it is. It's in my blood. 
I can't help it. I know you can't help it. That's why you're sitting here watching and listening. If you made it this far into the episode, I appreciate you as always. Please make sure you hit subscribe. Don't just watch and not hit subscribe. It, it, I, I see the stats. It says a lot of people who watch aren't aren't necessarily subscribed and it messes with the algorithm. And, and you know, I want you guys to help the show grow as well. And so I love talking with you guys. The more we hit subscribe, the more we hit like, the more we comment and chop it up in the comments together, the more other members of the Raider Nation can see this and be a part of this. And I want it to be a, you know, a big family. And we're growing every single week. It's a lot of fun. But again, the more they get involved, the better. So again, hit subscribe, turn the notifications, like the video if you can, please. I really appreciate that. If you're following on social, thank you as well. I see a lot of the follows coming through on uh, Instagram and TikTok at What Happens in Vegas or on Twitter just at clock Dodgers. <laughs> it's a little different than the, uh, than the name of the show, but at clock Dodgers, you'll find me on there again. It's uh, that's where I tweet the most probably during the game, but post obviously the show, TikTok, all those kind of things. I'm, I'm there as well. So support those avenues, but mo most importantly, if, and also if you're just listening to the show, that's obviously the easiest way to, to, to communicate with me is through the socials. But if you're watching on YouTube, then you can, you know, communicate through the comments. So it depends on whatever's, whatever's your style. But again, shout out to everyone at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. Love you guys. Really appreciate you there as well. Shout out to the YouTube community. We'll do more of these things. If you guys have any suggestions, anything you would like me to do more of, whether it's more videos, going live, whatever it may be, just drop it in the comments as well. I'm definitely open to any and everything that you guys are looking for when it comes to our Raiders. Because again, we're family. We're the Raider Nation. This is what happens in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas is Raiders football. <laughs>